Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. For your weekly dose of Wayne's Comics. Welcome to episode 146 of the Wayne's Comics Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. This week I have an interview with Mervyn McCoy, the artist on Giant Robot Warrior Maintenance Crew from CosmicTimes.net. It's available in local stores. The first issue came out at the end of August, and the second issue is coming in the next couple of weeks before September is over, so be sure to check it out. He also created The Sea Listers, a comic that's something like the Justice League as if they had real romantic entanglements. A lot of fun books. He's got a lot to say as far as making things happen and how these books came to be. So I'm sure you're going to listen. There's a lot to get to, so let's get on with the show. Welcome to the podcast, Mervyn McCoy, one of the creators behind a fun comic called Giant Robot Warrior Maintenance Crew. And that just has uh, anime written all over it for me, Mervyn. How are you doing today? I'm doing excellent, Wayne. It's good to talk with you. Why don't we start off by talking about the book? And, you know, the, the first issue I understand has already come out, right? Yes. That, well, it was actually mm. a Kickstarter project uh, a few years back, right? And, uh, you know, it, it obviously it was funded. That worked out. Uh, Martin came on. He started publishing a book. He printed our, our backer rewards. And fortunately, you know, uh, this year we got picked up by Diamond. So instead of, um, you know, uh, putting foot to pavement and, and you know, just <laughs> sharing the book with everyone that way, you know, at conventions and whatnot, we're, we're being distributed through Diamond now. So the book will be out issue by issue you know, August, September, and October. So end of September. Okay, the Martin you're referring to is the guy behind Cosmic Times, which is another great little Florida company that's making comics, including your book. And how did you hook up with him? How did it, Was it through the Kickstarter project you did that? Well, yes and no. It's pretty funny. Nate and I, who's the writer on Giant Robot, uh, we were kicking our own ideas, came up with the idea um, one rainy night in Atlanta, and we decided we wanted to do a webcomic. So 
the funny thing is we had this property lying around and we had done a first issue for digital webbing some years ago and it, things didn't work out with that. So we decided, hey, let's work with this concept. But we ended up saying, no, let's not use this script. Let's do another script. So what ended up being issue two was actually our, our webcomic thing, which, which I really enjoyed doing. That was, that was a very fun process. And Martin got a hold of a printed version because we had printed it out. And some months later, he read it, loved it, wanted to pick it up. But we were in the middle of the Kickstarter stuff at the time. So we were like, well, let's hold off. We don't want to get too crazy with it. But eventually, we brought Martin on. And Martin um, helped us um, fulfill uh, our backer rewards. And that's how that love story uh, <laughs> began. Okay. Yeah. Well, from what I understand is you got $1,000 over your goal, right? Yeah. We were 110% funded, I believe. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, why don't we go ahead and start talking about the book because that's probably what people are going to be very interested in. Yeah. Of course, Giant Robot Warrior Maintenance Crew has – you can just feel Transformers and Voltron and all kinds of things like that coming through that. Where did the concept come for – instead of having the people who actually run the robot, having people behind the scenes be the, the main focus? How did you guys come up with that? It was just one of those – crazy late night conversations we got lost uh in atlanta I, I went up there to visit and you know nate and i were i think we were leaving atlanta comic-con and um we, we started talking about ideas because you know we love working together on stuff and uh it, it was strange because we started talking about giant robot stories and we were making fun of um uh, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, and the mm-hmm. kind of crazy long sentence, long titles they'd have before an episode, and mm-hmm. we were like, "Oh, we'd love to do that with a story." And mm-hmm. you know, Nate, Nate just you know came out with with some ideas, and we were just batting just ridiculous things back and forth, and then eventually, you know, I, I left, I went home, and you know, left Atlanta, and all of a sudden, you know, he sent some email an email with some ideas for it and then i started doing sketches and then there you go <laughs> that's that's mm-hmm. how it occurred it was just this weird thing that just kind of started forming itself mm-hmm. well it's so it's it, i've got a chance to read the first issue and it sounds like a great story because if you ever watched star trek the next generation there was an episode called lower decks yes and Lower Decks had some of the people that we didn't see before, and most of them we didn't see again either. And some of those were some of the most interesting people on the ship. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. You know, the guys that make it run, I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this, you've got the same situation. Now, according to – in the book, the, the main character is a young woman by the name of Erica Pratch. Mm-hmm. And according to what uh, all this good stuff says, she's new to the maintenance crew, and she wants to travel because she's looking for excitement in her life. Yeah, Erica's an interesting character because I believe a lot of people could probably relate to her. Yes, you know, she's looking for excitement in her life, but a, a big part of it is that she idolized these guys growing up. You know, she was just like, oh, she watched Voltron. She watched Transformers. You know, she's like, oh, I love giant robots. I, I want to be a part of this stuff. And it says it on the first page. She she loved them, adored them. Then, you know, she went to school to be a pilot, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And for whatever reason, she was rejected. Hence, she settled for working in the in the guts of uh, the giant robot called Herotron. And there's a little bit more to that, you know, in future stories that we're going to explore. But uh, for now, yeah, she's she's just trying to trying to make the best of a, a bad situation. Well, it's kind of interesting to me because 
she's a, a character. She at one point she gets sort of dumped on. She's isn't she the one begging people to stop flushing the toilet? Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. yeah. So one of the great things about this book is you do have action adventure going on, but you also have some comedy going on as well. And it kind of makes the book a, a lot of fun to read. And I enjoyed the first issue. I'm looking forward to the second. And before I get any further, I do want to talk about, verify this is a three-issue miniseries, right? Yes, correct. Um, it, it, the, the premise was, uh, you know, we wanted to do three issues. You know, see, you know, see if uh, people like the concept. And, you know, if there was a... Uh, a clamor for more, we would definitely put some more out there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's a good setting up of things. You've got, you know, the five basic people who are involved in the in the robot itself. And you've also got the crew. And the, the fun part to me in reading it was watching them describe the people who run the, the robot. <laughs> You know, they look at them with a great deal of disdain because, you know, every time something's really bad about to happen or something's going to happen, they go, oh, no, he's not going to do that again. Not that kind of stuff. And, you know, we can all relate to that. You know, how many of us are going to be in the head of the the robot? And, and, and we're much more likely to be because you're going to have a lot more people actually doing the mechanical stuff underneath. Yeah. And so to watch their reaction to whenever they're doing something was just funny to me. I just thought that the way they did that was hilarious, you know. And you don't, not only have human characters, you've also got people who are animal. Uh, yeah. are, are they mutants? Because one of them looks sort of like a badger. How, do, how did this come to be? How did, how did the animals get to work in there as well? That's a pretty funny story because, uh, okay, uh, this speaks to um, Nate and myself's process. So Nate writes the script, right? He has these descriptions for characters and whatnot. And me, sometimes, you know, cause, you know, we, we collaborate, so it's not something where it's, rest- it's restrictive. Where okay, he writes a script and there's no wiggle room, or I draw something and there's no wiggle room with him to say, hey, could you change this? So I'm, I, I, we got a script. Well, I got a script, sorry, and I'm looking at it. and I'm like, you know what? For these character designs, I want, I, I want to make this as as crazy as possible. The title's already crazy. So, you know, I, I drew these guys as you're some normal looking people. And, you know, I want a giant badger, hamster, whatever. I still don't know what he is, really. <laughs> but he's just this giant thing. That's just He's cute, you know, and he's just there. And, you know, he never speaks. He's just there. And, uh, you know, you know, over the years, Nate and I have actually kind of um, uh, ironed out a few things and figured out what he is. I'm, you know, I'm obviously not going to say that now. But no, uh, no. initially, yeah, I mm-hmm. no idea what I just said. You know what? That looks hilarious. I'm going to put him in this book. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, it, it turns out quite funny because you know you've got this one silent thing going around, and everybody else is talking to each other, and they don't seem to, to mind that he's even there or even notice him very much. Yeah, he's just a hard worker. That's it. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's got he's he's always doing things. It seems like he's straining whenever you get to see him. He's very actively, busily doing something, like he's pulling on something or he's holding something up, like he's holding what look like nuclear weapons or something. Yeah, in, in yeah. One of the panels. <laughs> so you know, he doesn't seem to care if it's nuclear power weapons. What difference does that make to him? He's there to do a job, and that's what he's doing. So. Kind of fun. Now, do you want to talk a little bit about the other humans who are in the crew? Yeah, the, the, sure. In the, the people who are the, the maintenance people. Yeah, sure. Um, well, <clears throat> in addition to, to Erica, we have you know her boss Jeb, 
who is pretty interesting. He's that, you know, he, he's a good example of, of, of a good manager. He, you know, he's actually thought of better ways to defend the galaxy than with a giant robot because he's of the mind that giant robots aren't practical. You know, it, it, you know, why would you have this, this bipedal thing that you have to move all these parts? Like, just get a ship. Just get a really cool battleship that can fire guns. It, the, the giant robot does the same thing. So he has designs for these things. It's not working out. He has his job out, you know, just running the interior of the giant robot. And he's pretty much, he, he's not as, um, which is disillusioned as, as uh, Erica and, and some of the others. He's just accepted his fate. Mm-hmm. And he's really good at what he does. So it, it, it's something where, you know, you know if, if, st- if stuff goes down, if Jeb's there, then it should be okay. And what's funny is the opposite side of him is you have Rodney, who's been there for a while. He's not Erica's superior or anything, but, uh, he, you know, he's probably maybe, you know, same, same um, job level as Erica, but he's total. he has mental breakdowns from time to time. And, um, <laughs> Hmm. You know, the stress of just working in this robot is is a little crazy for him. And his his whole thing is he carries this giant hammer, which he uses to solve his problems. So he just if something's wrong with the the robot, he hits it. That's pretty much his job, <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, and which works for his uh, condition. But uh, it, it's it's still a, a situation where if you're to look at him and look at Jeb, Jeb's accepted the situation. Rodney's like, how how did my life get to this? Why am I here? And I'm sure some of us can relate to that, right? It's like, mm-hmm. what am I doing with my mm-hmm. life? Mm-hmm. Okay, are there other people that we should know about or be familiar with in the maintenance crew? Well, I, I can give brief mentions to guys like Knox, who you get familiar with in the second issue. He's uh, an interesting character who you meet on the last, the last um, few page or last page, I should say, second to last page. He's very interesting. He's he's pretty important to the story going onward in a very unique way. Um, we mentioned our Badger friend, who you know we'll flesh out in the future. Um, mm-hmm. There's also Steve, who is another. It's an, he's another. He she is another example of <laughs> me messing around with um, scripts where. Uh, Nate initially wrote Steve as as a guy, and Steve is a guy. But I made Steve, I, I gave Steve very uh, what you call it androgynous features. So so Steve is 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 a guy, not not a crosser or anything. He's just a guy, but you know, he looks really young, but very very soft features. Um, and and part of it was just to mess with Nate. So that's why I wish you you know uh, when, when next time maybe if we're on here. Uh, with Nate, uh, you know, I'd love to hear his take on me, uh, you know, playing my odd art pranks on him when he gives me a script. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you know, it, it's just, oh, the pilots who are not, not part of the crew, but they run the ship. Um, mm-hmm. They are, they're actually my favorite um, people in the whole book. Mm. Yeah, specifically Boomy, because they're such awful human beings. And, <laughs> and you can relate to that, just these bosses that clearly know nothing but are in this position of power and it's like you know you, you, the, the ridiculous things they do the ridiculous things they get away with it's just fun drawing them and just you know just the decadence that that <laughs> that they bring to the, the bridge you know you've never seen a bridge as decadent as the giant robot warrior maintenance screw bridge 
Because <laughs> it's funny to me because they're the public face, basically, of Herotron. Yes. Seems like. And so when you're the public face of stuff, you can't help but let the fame go to your head. You know, so not surprised. Now, you mentioned Boomy, who's he's actually got purple skin, doesn't he? Yes. <laughs> we went through a few iterations of what um, color alien it would be. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he, he has purple skin, but the, the, the trick with Boomy is um, he's, he, he is, the trick is he is, an, he looks like an alien, but uh, he might not necessarily be. He might have been uh, just doing a few things he shouldn't have been doing, <laughs> and he uh, t- kind of turned a bit. But we, that's also touched on in uh, future stories. Mm, okay. Yeah. Now you you've got five of the folks. We mentioned Boomy, mm-hmm. uh, and of course you've got the different colors represented. Boomy wears a green uh, uniform. Yeah. You've got, of course, my favorite color being blue. I look at that, and the the person's name is Guy. Guy. Yeah, he runs the he runs the left arm. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently not. And I don't know if you've seen Teen Titans Go on Cartoon Network. They had an, a thing where Cyborg built a giant robot, and Robin, who's used to being in charge, doesn't like being relegated to the left leg. <laughs> and, and so he tries really hard to make the left leg the most important thing of the whole robot. And so when I see these things, I can't help but smile about that, because he's the left arm guy is in the blue outfit. yeah. yeah. And I always get a huge kick out of that because, you know, what if one of these guys decides, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be the person in charge. I don't care about the head. I'm the, the most important part. And I love the, the thing that they say because when he, get, he says left arm power crystal energate. Is that what the word? Yeah, How do yeah, you say that? Yeah, I believe it's energate. I say energate, but Nate says energate. So look at okay. it. It's another one where we're <laughs> – Anything works, yeah. whatever, as long as it works. Yeah. Then, so what, what's the guy's story? Do you want to know a little bit about him? Well, what's funny is uh, it, Guy is, is pretty much um, a spoof of all those uh, uh, other characters. In, in, let's say, for example, like Voltron or uh, G-Force, where you'd have this other character that looks just like the main guy. And mm-hmm. Henry called him Guy. His name's just mm-hmm. Guy, plain Guy. <laughs> so um, <laughs> you, you have Tristan, who's the red you know the, the the red guy, and he you know he's mm-hmm. the leader, or whatever. But then you have guy who looks pretty much like him, but with long hair, and mm-hmm. just does whatever he says. He, he's pretty much, yeah, I'm cool, I'm guy. Mm-hmm. He's that guy yeah. over there. Yeah, he's that guy. <laughs> <laughs> now you've got two other ones, and of course the female, of course, has to be wearing like pink shade, like almost a purplish color. Yeah. To her uniform, and she's the right arm. Well, what's her story? Well, in the initial character descriptions, she was described as the Paris Hilton of space. So, have <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you seen as Paris Hilton isn't you know mm. as, as popular anymore? Let's call her the Kim Kardashian of space. So, okay. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much what she is. I mean, she loves to shop. She loves mm. to be in space because it makes her rich, and um, mm. that's about it. <laughs> There's not much. That's, she's like the polar opposite of what Erica is. Erica's worked hard her whole life. She's 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 done her best to be the best. And then we have um, uh, uh, Luna, the, the name of the, that pilot, who mm-hmm. just has had everything handed to her. And um, you know, yes, she, you know, she's in a great, a, a successful position in the in the robot. You know, she's a hero to the galaxy, but yeah, she really doesn't do much. <laughs> Well, she doesn't have to. She just looks good. That's exactly. all she has to do. Apparently. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, that's hard work. That is hard work. <laughs> <laughs> now, 
Now, the last member, of course, you've got all these svelte people who are very slender, and of course you get to it. It's Hump, right, is the last one. Hump? He's yellow. He's wearing a yellow outfit. And, of course, he's a little on the chunky side compared to other people. Well, I like to say he's pleasantly plump. (laughs) (laughs) He's, uh, you know, he's just a jolly guy. Like, Hump is probably, if I'm to think about all of them, Hump has the potential to be a nice guy, but he's hanging around with these bozos, so he's he's not going to be a nice guy anytime soon. Now, our, and of course, Herotron is the the robot, and we get to see uh, parts of that. Thing, I'm, I, there's two things that fa- that I, I'm hoping you'll explain more of, and that's how, where the robot comes from. Mm-hmm. Want to know more about that as we go? And you know, you can't have two groups without having them bump into each other occasionally. Mm-hmm. And so I'm kind of figuring that at some point these people are going to interact with each other on a, on a, on a more defined basis and kind of we'll, we'll get to see what happens when they, they, they collide, as it were. <laughs> are, are those kind of things going to happen? Yeah, yeah, well, in terms of two groups meeting, yes, they will, and sooner than you might think. And mm-hmm. uh, in terms of where Herotron comes from, Herotron is pretty much a part of an old initiative, <clears throat> you know, to, to defend the galaxy. It's like, you know, in a, a romantic time when, you know, people thought you know, giant robots were the only way. And like I said before with Jeb, you know, Jeb, you know, just rolls his eyes when he sees this because he's like, well, just build a really big ship with big guns. You don't need to put arms and legs on a spaceship make it a, a even, an even bigger target and then fly it into space, <laughs> you know? So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, Herotron was just a, um, a romantic idea from, you know, a, a, probably a more idealistic time during the Galactic Federation or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But Herotron itself launches from, you know, Earth and, you know, mm-hmm. it, it goes on its, its, its journeys, you know, similar to, to any... Uh, similar to like say you know old school uh, Star Trek and it's just going on its space missions but just not for five years <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I have to say that you and Nate have done a nice job of building the characters no matter which one you're talking about they all live and breathe and they are all people that we can identify with they're you know Star Trek sometimes the people were so perfect you couldn't really relate with them but yours are all very realistic characters and they say and do things that we would likely do if we were in those circumstances thank so you. i like that very much thank you very much now as far as the art goes and your art is very clear and easy to understand and very dynamic on many levels you do a nice job of showing faces as well as action and that's a big thing to me so I, do you want to talk a little bit about how you came up with the concepts for like the, the, the robot and for them and the individuals? How did you come up with that? Thank you. Uh, well, uh, it, it, it's, well it's, it, was a, it was a while ago that I, that I actually did the character designs, but in approaching Giant Robot, art-wise, normally I, I, I've been known to, to get very... Uh, Detailed in some cases. Giant Robot, I want it to be simple, a simple, fun, um, fast style. Because, like you said, it was more about the, the, the acting and the action. So I, I didn't want to get into the minutiae of the background. Like, if you looked at the concept sketches, um, 
it, I used a lot of um, reference from uh, German U-boats and whatnot for the back mm-hmm. the, for the backgrounds for the interior of the the robot. And mm-hmm. while those are super detailed and whatnot, um, I, I, I pared it down for the book because otherwise you you'd only be looking at the backgrounds as opposed to the characters and and mm-hmm. the characters are you know really the essential point the the, it, the environment itself is a setting is, is a character in itself almost like a mm-hmm. sitcom but mm-hmm. i didn't want it to overshadow you know erica or or jeb you mm-hmm. know or rodney mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they do look fun, and and the nice thing that you do too is you have you know the people appear different from each other too. You've got the one character with the great big white beard, and then you've got you know the other characters red hair versus brown hair and stuff like that, and of course the purple alien and things like that. You've done a good job of making them so that we know who is who, because sometimes in these things people will look at it and they they have what, what some people call white man's disease. You know they both are white males, and you look at them and you go like. Well, which one is which? How do we know? But you've done a good job of setting all this stuff up so that we know who is who, and I like that very much. Especially in a comic, you don't have a lot of time to go back and forth and try to figure out who's saying what. So you've done a good job on that. I think that the, one of the strengths of the book is that you've got wonderful things going on, and we know who it is that, that's doing these things. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. And there's another thing, too, I enjoy about the layout that is different from any other comic I've ever seen. And that's when you get have the pages going on. The page numberings have like a gray bar and then a white number on top of it on the bottom. And I kind of like that because I've never seen anything like that. It has a kind of a futuristic feel to it. And it, it makes it different from other comics. Did you come up with that, or, or who came up with that I, idea? I actually appreciate that because I know people thought. Well, some people thought I was crazy when I when I was putting that on there. But I, you know, um, when working with comics, I'm not saying that any of the stuff I'm doing is necessarily cutting edge or anything. But I like to kind of play around with with certain uh, design elements. You know, sometimes you know. Uh, may draw a page or, or lay out a page and then you know it gets inked or lettered and colored and that's that i, I kind of like to just put that little extra flourish like at one point mm-hmm. when in with the gray bar i almost got crazy enough and i was gonna start sketching you, you remember mad magazine when he had the Serge arago and his um artwork in the board like in the gutters and stuff and the mm-hmm. yeah i was gonna actually do weird little crazy um uh vignettes in 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 that area just have them have just crazy things happening with you know just maybe characters from the cast or whatnot Mm -hmm. in that area but thank goodness i didn't do that because while it would have been cool i don't know how long (laughs) to look for the thing to come out so (laughs) okay so here's where we stand is the first issue is coming out this month right yes as far as issue number two and issue number three, uh, where are are, are are those going to hit? Are, is two going to be September or is that going to be like October? How's uh, that going to work? Two is in September and then three is in October. In October, okay. Yes. So that's great. They're going to be monthly. That, yes. That's a great thing. Yeah. Yes. Now, when all three of them come out, are they going to be collected into a trade? Y- yes, they will be. And And I'm hoping to... It would be nice to to put some cool stuff in there. We'll we'll, we'll figure it out. I have to sit with um, you know Cosmic Times and uh, figure out um, what kind of content we can add to that package. Mm-hmm. Make it worth it. 
That'll be good. Now, as far as buying the issue, if your store doesn't have it for some reason, because you know the you've seen the previews, it's like this huge phone book. Yes. That sometimes not every quality book gets the attention it deserves. If somebody wants to order the book and their store doesn't have it, what's the way for them to get a hold of these issues? Well, I, I, well, okay. There are two things, two ways. <clears throat> the the way I would ask. Well, the most preferable way would be to ask ask your store to reorder it. I know that's mm-hmm. but, but that's that's the best way first. Second, okay. um, you can contact uh, and this is well, contact Martin at Cosmic Times. Shoot my email. It's Martin at Cosmic Times. That's literally the email. Um, mm-hmm. CosmicTimes.com. Sorry, Martin at CosmicTimes.com, and let him know. The only reason why I say that is because. Uh, we have to order the books a, a certain way, like a, a certain amount are ordered at first and then um, they come down and we need to, because we're an independent, uh, you know, book and it, through an independent publisher, we have to make sure the order is coming through diamond um, just so that we can, you know, so that for, for, for future books, um, things are okay and we stay in the catalog because otherwise, Yes, we could give you the books directly, but then Diamond doesn't get that order, and it doesn't to them. It, you know that doesn't really mean anything. Mm-hmm. So um, it's it, it's best to to order it through the store, or just let let uh let us. You can email you know send me a message as well. You know I'm Mervyn McCoy on Facebook. Um, uh, you want to spell that out because people your your yeah. your name's not spelled the way that uh, some Mervins are with an I. You're with a Y, right? Yeah, it, it's it's English. It's it's. From my father's M E R V Y N M C K O Y. Yeah. And that's at. Uh, that, that's um, on Facebook. Just type it in, or you could, you know, email me at design at paperlabstudios.com, which is D E you know design the word design at and then P A P E R L A B S T U D I O S dot com. Okay. And and also you have a Facebook group. Yes. yes. So for giant giant robot warrior maintenance crew, and you guys uh, you you use the initials G R W M C. Yes. So you guys can do that. So if people want to keep up with it, you can go out and check it out on there. So there's there's all kinds of good ways to get this book. So there's no excuse not to get it, as far as I'm concerned. Exactly. And it's a <laughs> it's a it's a fun book to read. It's it's taking a look at something through a different angle, you know, something we're very familiar with. And I always love variety and I always love something that takes a different point of view. And it's great fun. I, I think if people get, get just sample it, I think you'll find out you'll really enjoy it quite a lot. I really appreciate that. I, 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 I really appreciate your enthusiasm and, and, you know, I, I definitely, I'm, I'm glad that, uh, you, um, you, you like it so much, you know, it, it was a labor of love for, uh, well, you can tell when you read the book. It's got uh, you can tell a lot of effort and a lot of passion was put into it. So I highly recommend again, Giant Robot Warrior Maintenance Crew, and keep, if you get your previews, you, those issues two and three. Let's see, three probably issue three is probably the one that you can still get to to the preview. If the, probably you know first order, but so look for it in there under. It, it, is it under Cosmic Times or yes. is it under Paper? Cosmic Times. So it's under Cosmic Times. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's actually good. That's that's somewhat early in the in the process of the of the magazine or of the the book. The, what I, we call a phone book. <laughs> so that's good. Now you've also got another book that's kind of fun to read, and that's something called the Sea Listers. Yes, yes. Do you uh, want to talk a little bit talk a little bit about that because it's 
it's sort of like, and believe it or not, it's like Justice League, uh, the Keith Giffen, uh, Jam Dematis, and other things, but it's even crazier than their version of it. So talk about the story and what's going on in this book called The Sea listers Okay, well, you know, I, this is what I normally say uh, at shows. I say, Sea listers it's, it's Seinfeld meets the Avengers. And it's Seinfeld if Seinfeld was on HBO, to be honest. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so it, it, that book is, the, is my most recent book I've done. And I, it's pretty much about what, what superheroes are like when they just don't care about doing the superhero part of anything. <laughs> it, it, it's just about a bunch of guys. You know, um, I, I, I believe... You know, earlier I said uh, Giant Robot was a book where I, I wanted the style to, to be simpler and, um, you know, just not as, as, as jam-packed with, with background elements. Well, Sea Listers, I, I took the opposite approach. Sea Listers is definitely, um, uh, it, it approaches more of the, the realistic um, style. I mean, I'm not saying it's super or it's hyper-realistic or anything, but it's definitely much more detailed. And it's a, it's, it's a fun book because I get to draw all these characters in these just crazy unorthodox situations. Mm-hmm. You, you, for example, there's a relationship that's going on mm-hmm. between the, the, the sort of the Supermanish character and the Wonder Woman like character, and, and the two of them, they uh, we get to see them sort of have a rocky time in this issue. Yes. Which was a lot of fun, I have to say, because you know you're not used to that. So the chance to see them actually act a little more human. You know, we were talking on the robot how you've got the top people are sort of the public face. Well, these guys are very much the the superheroes, but they haven't learned how to behave like superheroes the yeah. way the others may have. Yeah. <laughs> and they probably never will learn because <laughs> I mean, in in this the, the whole concept of the book is. It's kind of just exercising all the all the crazy ideas um, that uh, my my uh, friend and I and also writer uh, John Jeebus. It's just exercising all these crazy ideas we've had, you know, about you know comics and various comic book concepts for for the longest. You know, like you said, um, there's a very unorthodox relationship um, that's <laughs> that, that's featured in the. In the first issue, and I say unorthodox, not because it's some weird thing like um, Tank Girl, you know, you know, because in Tank Girl, you know, she was going out with a kangaroo man, not not anything like that. It's a normal, <laughs> normal relationship, but it's just the things that occur in it that uh, might not be as acceptable <laughs> as as mm-hmm. one might like. Well, you want to have something a little different, you know. We've seen. You know, Justice League, uh, with, with the trio that I mentioned before, had a lot of those kinds of the silliness. I love that book. That was in, those were great books. And, you know, your book is kind of taking it a step farther and saying, you know, beyond the silly, there's the, the relationship that's involved. And that's what we're getting to see is we get to see the relationships between them. Now, who's the main guy? Who's the Superman guy that, that, that the, most of the story seems to revolve around? Well, his name is Lieutenant Lightning. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty horrible. He deliberately chose the worst name possible. Lieutenant Lightning. His real name's Ryan. I don't know if we ever gave him a last name, but he'll probably never use it anyway. Uh, but, yeah, he's pretty much uh, a 
character with lightning powers. You know, we, we tried to find the most generic um, power set we could think of. Super strength is one, but but we figured he has that as well. But we wanted to give him lightning based powers because uh, as you read the issue, you'll notice his powers react to his emotional state, and mm-hmm. and it's usually unstable. So you always see stuff sparking off of him and whatnot. And uh, yeah, he well he cries for most of the first issue. <laughs> Um, he gets to he, he he has troubles with his girlfriend and he goes to his fellow superheroes to commiserate. Yes, and that's where a lot of the crying happens, which is you know hilarious for this great big huge guy to be sobbing all over the place. And everybody else is kind of like, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, well, sorry to hear that, yeah, kind of stuff. You know, very uncomfortable around him doing that. Now, the the another interesting thing is the is the the girl in the relationship. Who is she? Well. Without giving too much away, she is his loving girlfriend, uh, and um, well, I, I, there's some first issue too. I won't say I almost spoiled something, but she's his loving girlfriend of of you know uh, who is who he's actually kept secret from his friends. And throughout the issue, as he starts sharing information about um, the love of his life. They start realizing that, you know, their good friend that's here sobbing and crying has been keeping secrets from them as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it doesn't end in a very nice place. But, <laughs> you know, I I want to say more, but because, you know, where it ends up is kind of, you know, what she actually is or who she is is kind of uh, mm-hmm. uh, important to the, the last, the, the final act. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we won't spoil that because we want people to read the book. Yeah. So now, as far as getting a hold of the C listers, how do people do that? Is, is that through Diamond, or is that one that they're going to have to get a hold of you to do? Oh uh, well, you can get it through Comicsology digitally, but um, in terms of Diamond, we we may put it through Cosmic Times, but uh, you know, obviously that won't be right now because you know he doesn't want to like release all his books at once. He, he, you know, it's pro- it's, it's going to be you know just books. You know, just have a monthly schedule for books. So. Uh, I want to finish the fourth issue because right now there are three issues out. Um, all of them are up on Comicsology. I think the third issue came out last week. Mm-hmm. So um, that that's and I think it's ninety nine cents for the first issue on um, Comicsology. So mm. that shouldn't be a problem. Um, but you can also get it from me. You can get it from the website as well if you go to seelisters dot com. You can you can purchase it there. Um, but until it's in Diamond, yeah, uh, it, it's on some store shelves, but it's not national. It, it's mm-hmm. it's one of those things where you'd probably have to say, hey, if it's not on a store shelf, hey, you know, um, and you're in Florida, in South, South Florida, you'd probably have to say, hey, uh, contact that guy there, that paper lab guy about getting mm-hmm. that book on the shelf. But you mm-hmm. can shoot me a message or go to the C-Listers website, www.com. Listers.com. See with a hyphen. Listers. Yeah. Okay. Now, is this an ongoing title? It, it, it's gonna stop at four. It's the same deal with Giant Robot. I, I want. I would love for these to be ongoing titles. The trick is, I, I, uh, I, I would. I would rather, do, you know, do um, various projects. Uh, you know, and and you know, I, I can gauge what people have, you know, what interest people have in the various things um, I'm doing. And then I, I can do that, so, you know, because as much as I love both of these properties, I, and I know, yeah, I know you do like um, uh, Giant Robot and you like C-Listers. It might be that, you know, you're like, oh, I want Giant Robot more. C-Listers can go die in a fire <laughs> and, oh. or vice versa. 
So, mm. um, you know, I, I would rather let the public speak on this one because I, I see for a fact, I can say we have stories planned out in, you know, I can't even say like we have a lot of stories. There are a lot of really cool um, directions we'd like to go with the characters. And there are scripts written already. I know after the fourth issue, we have um, uh, four others and then some others that are in, in, in synopsis form that we, we could go ahead with. But it, the, the whole trick is, you know, uh, is there a demand? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, <laughs> I meant to ask you, Giant Robot's not available at Comixology, right? No, I... I I believe it's it's queued up in there. I, I figure you'd probably have to ask um, uh, Martin of Cosmic Times uh, if and when it's going to be up on on Comicsology. Okay, so keep an eye on. If you, of course, if you go to, if you want to find out about Giant Robot, you can also go to CosmicTimes.net. Is it? Yes, CosmicTimes.net. Okay, and then of course C-Listers is C-Listers, the, the the website you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Now, are there other projects you're working on that we should be aware of? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm actually working on uh, two things right now. One is uh, it, it's a it's a very uh, gritty. Uh, I hate using that term. It's such a marketing term, but whatever. <laughs> a gritty uh, a version of um, Samson's early years. Mm-hmm. It sounds very boring, but it's more interesting than one would believe. It's mm. the polar opposite of uh, the two books. I love doing comedy books. But I figured mm-hmm. it would be interesting to kind of um, uh, try out a more uh, just serious and violent just just book, just straight up absolute opposite. Um, mm-hmm. And I also have a more all ages book I'm working on that uh, is it's kind of using my my uh, chibi style that my mm-hmm. my wife uh, introduced me to, um, and and that one is is gonna kind of play with uh, some of the character designs from the C-listers. It's not the C-listers, but I figured um, I could use some of the, the, the looks of some of the characters in, in that book. Not, not the same people, but it's just okay. kids. And, and more like, okay. uh, you know, it's up to mm-hmm. Well, it's good to have some variety out there. And as yeah. uh, an artist and a creator, you want to be able to, to stretch your artistic muscles and be able to do different things. Yeah, definitely. I I, I love Tezuka Osamu. Um, what's up? Tezuka Osamu. Yeah, I love Tezuka Osamu. Um, he he's pretty much, you know, a, a great example of an artist that that that's pretty much what they spend their whole career doing. Hmm. Yeah. Very good. Well, I wish you a lot of success, Mervin, and and hope that Giant Robot and Sea Listers and your other projects take off and do really well because I really love them and I, I think that if people get a chance to sample them, they'll really like them as well. Thank you. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Thank you for taking the time out. examples to shake them out of apathy and I can't do that as Bruce Wayne. As a man, I'm flesh and blood. I can be ignored. I can be destroyed, but as a symbol. Get the latest from the comics universe. News. 
interviews, previews, and reviews. Listen to the weekly Wayne's Comics Podcast so you can keep reading your comics. Now at Majorspoilers.com. that's it for this episode. We're getting closer to episode 150, so look for something special to happen during that episode. But until then, keep reading your comics.